Hello, and welcome back to She Inspired, a podcast about sharing the stories of women who are following our inspiration in the hopes of inspiring and guiding other women to do the same. I'm Lorna Morin, and I believe too often we ignore our inner voice, the all-knowing guidance system within each of us who knows the divine purpose for which we are called in this life and who always wants what's best for us. As a result, we can end up in careers or relationships which are unaligned with who we really are and what we really want. This belief is born from my own experience, dismantling the life I spent 20 years creating because I realized the uneasiness I felt in life was the result of not living in alignment professionally, personally, and spiritually. For me, this meant walking away from a 15-year career in the public service to launch an online business and leaving an 18-year relationship to live as a single woman and co-parent to three lovely kids. I believe my intended purpose is to use my powers of connection to light the spark, to share the stories of women seeking and finding alignment in service to the awakening of all women. That is what She Inspired is all about. Anne Ryan has a consistent track record of betting on herself. Driven and ambitious from a young age, she started her career in the male-dominated construction industry in the 90s. Not an easy place to work. (laughs) As an employee, she noticed consultants were making more money and working half the time. So she quit and began marketing herself as a contractor and doubled her income literally overnight. Thus began her entrepreneurial journey, which has been exciting and lucrative and certainly not without its challenges. Anne shares how she worked herself almost to the point of breakdown when her kids were young, and she knew something had to change. She also recounts how she and her husband took out a $300,000 loan to start a business at a time when neither of them had an income. This decision wasn't even difficult, she says, because she's always known that backing herself 100% is the right move. When it comes to investing in her own potential, Anne Ryan is all in. Having built a thriving business with her husband, Anne once again felt the pull to move in another direction. And once again, she never questioned her worthiness to receive or her ability to execute on her desires. As a business and money coach for female entrepreneurs, she coaches women to move from the predictable, which is you go to a job and you get paid, fly right past the possible, which is the pay raise you might get, and then get comfortable in the potential, which is the kind of work where you make money while you sleep. She does this by teaching everyday women how to create and sell high ticket offers with ease by claiming their worth and ditching their money blocks. To learn more about Anne and explore what it's like to work with her, visit Anne ryanstrategist.com or find her on Facebook at Anne, A-N-N-E, Ryan, R-Y-A-N. I reached Anne at her home in Melbourne, Australia. Well, hello, Anne. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to She Inspired. Hey, Lana. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. The sun is setting here in Canada, but it's just rising where you are in Melbourne. What kind of a day is it there today? It's 
It is rising in Melbourne. It is a beautiful sunny day. We are halfway through spring, heading into summer, so quite the opposite of what you're experiencing, I'm sure, but it's it's beautiful. Well, I'm happy to live vicariously through you for a while. We did have a lovely, <laughs> a lovely spring and summer here ourselves, so it's your turn. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so you and I, we live on opposite sides of the world, quite literally. Um, but we met through the Affiliate Institute where we both did our certification for digital marketing. And yes, yes. And, and I remember coming into that program and most of us, like me, were, were newbies to the space or, or relative newbies to online marketing. There were a couple of us who had existing businesses, but for the most part, we were pretty new. And then in one of our group calls, I remember so clearly the instructor asked you to tell us about your business and the ways that you were using the skills you were learning to um, market your business online. And when I, when you were describing your coaching practice, I remember being like, wow, (laughs) I was like, this woman has it going on. Like you were getting at that time already, you were getting tremendous results. And like, we were only kind of midway through the program. And I just remember being really blown away by, um, you know, how well you were doing. And so I've always been a big fan of yours. And one of the things which stood out for me is you think like a CEO, like that was very clear to me when I was listening to you, even those many months ago. And oh, I realized for myself, yeah. And I realized for myself, I was like, I'm still thinking like an employee, even though I was running my own business at the time, I realized it just, it it put some, brought some things into perspective for me, just listening to you speak. And so I wanted to start our conversation here um, and ask you about your CEO mindset. And when you, would you think back over your life and your life experience, like where did that come from? How did you develop this mindset that you have now? (laughs) Wow, thank you. That's that's so interesting to hear it from um, your perspective because obviously, you know, I, I have um, all sorts of feelings that go through me. Lorna, something about me is that I have this belief that, you know, we have this one life and we need to make the absolute most of it, you know. So... I aspire to live life to the fullest, to experience everything I can possibly experience. And let's face it, money <laughs> is pretty essential, right, in order, mm-hmm. to, um, in order to achieve that. You know, I've always enjoyed travel. I want to see the world. I've seen a lot of the world. There's more that I want to see. I don't ever want to feel like I can't do something because I don't have the money. So I've been pretty driven and ambitious from a very young age to earn well and do well in life. And I guess uh, perhaps that's subconsciously something I picked up from my parents. My my dad's a doctor. My mum was quite entrepreneurial in her own way. And, um, you know, but that's not to say I was born with a silver spoon or given anything on a plate. You know, I've, mm-hmm. I've been financially independent since I've been 18. I left home to go to university and I have been 
100% financially independent since then. So, wow. yeah, yeah. I mean, my parents are very generous, but that's not to say they supported me or funded anything. You know, they've just given mm-hmm. me gifts and otherwise they've shown me generosity in their love and, you know, and so on. But I've been independent ever since I went to university. So, um, and and can I can I ask you, can I just cut in there? Sure. I'm, I'm curious, do you, recognizing that independence as a, you know, a through line, a theme in your life, how do you, do you think that was just, you were born with that? Do you think that was just something that was part of you? Or do you believe your parents raised you to be like that? Like, what do you, what do you attribute that independence to? Um. You know, that's a really good question, and I have been reflecting on that quite a bit in the last, you know, little while. And I feel we subconsciously pick up things throughout our life. There are some things that we embrace, and then there are some things that we think, that's not what I want. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. and and so I saw my mum as, I mean, she's an incredible woman. She's super smart. Um, and capable but she asked my dad for permission you know and that was a little bit of a cultural thing because I'm um, originally from uh, a Sri Lankan background so that was a little bit cultural but also it was how it was in our home my dad never said no ever but she always asked And I remember thinking from a young age, actually, no, that's a lie. I don't remember thinking it from a young age, but I remember as an adult thinking, I'm not asking for permission. (laughs) 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 No, my partner, my husband is an equal, 100%. You know, we are equal. We discuss absolutely everything, but we don't ask each other for permission. You know, we tell each other, what we're doing and seek each other's support in what we choose and so I mean I guess I chose a husband like that I chose a man like that um and I've just always aspired to be independent to be financially independent to be independent in every sense you know and so um so I think it comes from seeing the relationship that my parents had. And it was a great relationship, by the way, but it was the things that I wanted, the values that I've taken through to my life still, you know, still apply. But there were some things that I rebelled against, you know, and I decided that's not how I wanted my life to be. Yeah. I think I love how you describe that, Anne, because it's so true, right? The, the con, I call that contrast, the things we experience in our life that don't feel good or you know, that we are, we are able to, in those experiences, be like, you know what, I know I don't want that. And, and that's as important, as valuable as, you know, knowing what we do want, because of course you don't know what you do want until you know what you don't like. And those can be really, um, really powerful and valuable experiences. Absolutely. And, and I guess I was raised in that time when, you know, equality for women was becoming more and more important. And um, so I I even took it one step further and studied construction at university just purely because I was so determined to be that woman (laughs) Mm. that, that, you know, 
made it okay for women to be on building sites and you know and sort of I wanted to pave the path and um yeah and look you're you're smashing glass ceilings Anne I love it uh, yeah look I wouldn't I, I mean I'm so glad for that experience and I think it was all part of my journey but I perhaps went into it for the wrong reasons because I didn't really mm. enjoy being in the industry but um yes I did it right mm -hmm. and um it was really tough it was really tough in the 90s mid 90s to be a woman in a very very man's world you know on building sites and um yeah the way you got treated and <laughs> mm -hmm. you know but but it was really it was all part of the journey I really strongly believe it was all part of the journey even though I didn't know it at the time right yeah yeah. yeah. Well, and so has entrepreneurialism been in your in your life experience the whole way through your career? Like, have you always run a business? No, not necessarily. So after university, I worked in construction for another company. Um, then I traveled, arrived in Australia, met my husband. Um, and then I transferred my cons the skills, I guess, that I gained working in the construction industry, mainly project management, strategy, that kind of thing. And I transferred it, those skills to other industries. And I worked in corporate for many, many years. But then, you know, again, I had this aha moment. It's all... <laughs> It's always been about working smarter and not harder as well has come into play because I remember having this aha moment where I noticed these consultants and contractors would come into the business and earn twice as much as the employees. And I was thinking, well, why would you be an employee if you can work for half the year and earn the same amount as a contractor? You know, people worry about um, contractors don't have job security and they don't get paid sick and holidays and all that kind of thing. And none of those things were important to me because I backed myself 100% in my ability to be able to get work. Plus, I never felt like I was one of those people who got sick. <laughs> so I didn't worry right. about those sorts of things. They weren't important to me. So for me, what was more important was to earn more in a shorter period of time, you know. And so um, halfway through my corporate career, I I switched out. I, I stopped being an employee and I positioned myself as a consultant and doubled my income immediately, like literally wow. overnight. Um, wow. Well, you know, I just applied for consulting positions <laughs> and charged, doubled my rate, and that's, you know, and the intent was that I would work a lot less. But, of course, being quite a driven, ambitious woman, I worked almost as much. But then I had more than doubled my income, right? Mm -hmm. so, um, wow. Yeah, yeah. So that was around the time when I had my kids too. <laughs> oh. So then I, I discovered that my values were in conflict because my family is important to me. My kids are important to me. I do love them, but I had this, this conflict with B 
being ambitious and driven and wanting all these achievements in my professional career and then also wanting to be present for my family and, you know, and be a good mum, right? And that was really tough. That was, yeah. yeah, that was a really tough sort of period because I nearly broke down before I could build myself back up again. You know, I was very, very close to a mental um, breakdown, I guess you could say. It was a burnout almost because I was the – my husband, by the way, stayed at home with my kids. So they didn't miss out on having a parent with them, but I chose to be the breadwinner, to be the the, the income earner. So that was an interesting period too. Yeah. Let me ask you about that, Anne, because what I'm hearing you say is, or, or let me ask you, the, the burnout, do you describe that as just exhaustion related to, you know, the pace that you were keeping? Or was there also like a, a conflict there in terms of like, it wasn't feeling good, not just because you were working too much. It wasn't feeling good because you were unaligned. Lana, it was kind of all of the above. Um, I was working in a very fast-paced environment in the airline industry. Um, and I was doing a lot of travel because it was an international role. Um, the moment I walked through the front door into my home, I immediately switched to being the primary carer for my kids because the guilt kicked in. Um, not because mm. the guilt, well, I guess the guilt kicked in, but I, but also I wanted to, right? So mm-hmm. I would then continue to do all the night wake-ups with them because I felt that was the least I could do for them. And so it was just all too much. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to be some sort of superwoman, right? So I'd gone a little bit too far to the extreme of being this independent woman and yeah and it was almost it was almost to the detriment of my own mental health as well yeah do, do you recall like what the narrative was in your mind at this time and like do you recall what you were telling yourself I, I guess I'm thinking in the sense of like on the one hand I could see you know you've arrived at a place in your life where from a career perspective, it's like, it's very aligned in many ways with what you wanted, um, you know, what your values are, what your ambitions and goals are. And then on the other hand, um, you're experiencing this guilt as you describe it and a a pull obviously to want to be spending and and being present, I guess, and available for your kids. Were, Were you feeling like, Hmm. Like, this is like, I've been let down. <laughs> like, like, were you like, this isn't what I expected? Or, or what were you telling yourself those days? Well, you know, the interesting thing, Lorna, is when I walked into the corporate environment, I left kind of my family worries and guilt at the door. And I walked in and I was 100% there, right? So, and the pace was fast and there was a lot to get 
get done and I didn't have time in that environment to think about my kids or my family and I was just getting the pats on the back. You know, I was getting a lot Mm. of, wow, Anne, you're amazing. (laughs) My ego, my ego is getting a lot of uh, validation in that environment. Yeah. And then the moment I walked in through my front door and arrived at home, I saw these beautiful children and I would think, how can I, how can I choose that over them? So I was, mm. I just had this grapple, this constant, it, it was worse when I was at home, right? Because I was so busy at work, I didn't have time to think about home but when I was at home I had time to think about am I making the right choices is this the right thing for my kids is this the right thing for me and my family is it worth it you know yeah so I (laughs) I had all of that going on and and that was my very very first experience of working with a coach I then hired a a life coach, I guess you'd call her. She wasn't, yeah, she was a life coach. And she helped me recognise that my, you know, two highest values, which is family and achievement, were in a massive conflict. And, um, And I, and I basically quit almost immediately. I quit my... Um, corporate work, as, you know, and I see immediately as soon as I finished that commitment, I was in, mm-hmm. and um, and then I took a short break, and I got bored really quick. <laughs> I got bored really quickly, <laughs> and then I uh, and I then I've been sort of on this entrepreneurial journey ever since. I started a business with my husband in construction so went full circle came back to construction um yeah and and then the rest is kind of been very much about the business journey and being yeah. the ceo yeah yeah and, and this, yes and so so can you ta- take us through um that that transition because you you so you started back you started your own business with your husband uh, back in the construction field. And um, I find it really interesting that it was an intervention with a coach or an experience with a coach that helped you um, reconcile, you know, gain the awareness, I guess, to, to see what was going on and, and, and see where you needed to make a change was the kind of spark to, um, you know, one day be a coach yourself or kind of get into that type of work. Did that, was that lit there or did that not come till later? I think that came a little bit later. I guess that may have been the seed that was planted at that point, the first seed, but um, the desire came a little bit later. Um, At that point, I didn't even know coaches existed, to be quite honest. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that was an interesting experience with that life coach. Uh, we started a business, my husband and I. We went all in. You know, I I, ref- I've, I consider myself a risk taker. 
But when I really think about it now, I think it's kind of that intuitive knowing this is what we should do next, you know. And so Mm. my husband had also had a bit of a break in his career and so we'd sort of been talking about what to do next and we basically borrowed $300,000 against our home with both of us not having any, Mm. you know, source of income and we backed ourselves 100% and just went all in. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Anne, you're giving me like goosebumps <laughs> listening to this. Oh, I love it. And I, and I love it because also, you know, the work that you do with, um, in your coaching practice now, it's just so it's, and we're going to talk in more detail about it, but it just like, it's so aligned with you. You've got this tremendous life experience and, and way of being, you know, this backing yourself, betting on yourself that you refer to that is really, I see as a a central tenant of the work that you're doing with um, women in your coaching practice. And I want to just dig into that a little bit. Like, again, try to understand where does that come from within you? Like, how do you make sense of, of, of this quality that you've had where you have been willing to take risks and you've just seemed very aware, even at a very young age, like the best bet I can make is on me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I really truly believe there's no better investment than the investment that we make in ourselves, right? So, um, and I have, I have invested a lot in my own education and personal growth. And, you know, it's, it's been worth every single cent 10 times over. And, um, you know, I work with a coach and she talks about um, the predictable, the possible and the potential. Some people operate in the predictable only. Some people operate in the predictable and the possible. And I, I feel like I very much operate in the potential. I, I see the potential mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 yeah. that's I just keep my eye on the potential. I kind of almost refuse to just look at the predictable. You know. The predictable yeah. is and the employee mindset where you go, you do a job, you get paid. The possible is that pay rise you could potentially get. But the potential is, you know, making money while you're sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love that. And, oh, that's a really great great way to, it's a really great framework within which to understand um, mindset and where where people are falling and where they need to make shifts if they don't like where they are if they want to be in a different place um, and and you refer to this intuitive knowing can we talk more about that has that something that's always been with you do you remember having that kind of intuition as a child or something that came to you later in life um, look 
on, on reflection, I've always had it, but I hadn't realised it was my intuition. I just assumed mm. I was a risk taker. I just assumed I was a rebel. You know, I put different labels on it, but I really feel now it was all part of the journey and it was this the, the tug, the strong feeling that I had this was the right thing to do next, you know. And mm-hmm. so even choosing to work in the construction industry or or choosing to travel around the world or marrying my husband after just knowing him for eight months or start, you know, borrowing $300 against our home when we were both technically unemployed, um, you know. But I can, I can um, rationalise anything, by the way. <laughs> mm. You know, so. <laughs> Tell me more about that. What do you mean um, by that? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so confident that if shit hits the fan, we're going to be fine. Um, we'll get a job tomorrow if we need to. You know, COVID economic crisis, nothing worries me. It's just kind of life happens for us. Everything that's happening is happening for a reason and it's all good. It doesn't mean anything. We don't need to make it mean anything more than it's just happening. That is such a powerful way to think, Anne. I love everything about what you just said. (laughs) And before you said it, I was going to ask you, you know, do you ever ever struggle or, or hesitate to follow through on the knowing the the whispers you get the insights you get but i'm gonna guess no <laughs> based on what you just well, said well it, it, it's again that's a really good question it was a hundred percent no for many 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 years of my life i've just sort of reached i'm 50 this year and i i i'm slowing <laughs> not slowing down in a getting old kind of way but the the speed at which I do things has slowed down a little bit. I'm, I'm starting to really think things through and I'm getting a little bit more cautious as I'm getting a little bit older. Um, and mm. yeah, so, but I'm talking a couple of days as opposed to a couple of hours, right? I'm not talking weeks and months. Yeah, we right. Like, right. it's just right. my friends think I'm audacious um, in a nice way, and they know if I talk about an idea that that will be implemented, acted on, unless I really come to the conclusion it was a bad idea within a short period of time. I I act on right. things really fast. You know, I don't. Um, yeah, I don't think about things for too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a there's a wonderful quote by uh, I study a program called Thinking into Results, which was developed by a Canadian named yeah. Bob Proctor. Yeah, yeah are you yeah, familiar yeah. with him? Amazing man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he is right. Incredible. He's in like he's like he's almost ninety, and he's still like 
well, prior to COVID anyway, he was still traveling the world, um, working in countries like all bringing, bringing his, um, bringing his, his yeah. uh, program, I should say, to people all over the world. And he still even, you know, now that COVID hit, he was like, okay, so now I can't travel, but I'm going to build a broadcast station within my house, which is just north of Toronto, so that he and his team can broadcast <laughs> anywhere in the world. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty amazing. But what I was going to say was he has this great quote about leadership, which I think you just really exemplified there. And he says that leaders make decisions quickly and change them slowly. Uh, whereas most of us are the opposite, right? Most of us take a long time to get to a decision. We are going to ask a lot of people, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? And then kind of at the first sign of like mm, uncertainty, we change our decision. Um, but leaders make decisions quickly and they change them slowly. And I definitely hear that in, in what you're describing. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Um, yeah, look, you know, I... I, I do make decisions quickly. I move quickly. I, um, you know, I, I buy the first car that I see. I buy the first home that I see. <laughs> I don't <laughs> shop around because I think I'm going to get a better deal, right? It's just kind of I, I'm quite capable of negotiating the best possible deal, but I don't waste my time. You know, I do my research online. I get out there. I look at it. I make an offer. I buy it. I'm done. Tick. Yeah. Next. Yeah. Next. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On to the next yeah. thing. Yeah. And yeah. so. So I want to just, I want to just come back to where we just sure. pick up again, I should say, with, um, where you are in your life. So, so you've, you've started, you've decided, you and your husband both, you've decided to bet on yourself. You, you've created uh, this um, construction business. And so can you talk to me a little bit about like what that was like and then how, how you ultimately made the transition into the, the yeah, business that you have sure. now? Um, so the construction business um, got off to a pretty good start right from the beginning. Uh, we invested in Google ads. We, we went all in, you know, we, we knew we needed to get the money flowing quickly. And so we did. I think our first year um, may have been close over a million, a uh, million dollar year. And then our second, third on onwards has been sort of a multi, multi seven figure year. We have 12 full time employees. Um, so it's pretty stable business now. It's been running for about 12 years. Um, we've had an incredible year this year with COVID and all. And, um, yeah, look, we, my husband and I work really, really well together and it was a great business. But about three years ago, three, four years ago, I felt something was missing <laughs> for me. Mm -hmm. um, we had the money. I had the time. I was working from home mostly. I was working around my kids' schedule. I was able to be really present and available for them. But something was missing for me. You know, I, I, I didn't feel fulfilled. And that's when, you know, I felt um, drawn to really working with women <laughs> because I'd been working in a very male-dominated world for pretty much my entire career. And 
I felt really, really drawn to working with women and, yeah, to help women in business, really. So I kind of started that journey about three years ago. So still very much involved in my construction business, but, you know, again, I get an idea, I jump all in. I did a two-year ICF coaching accreditation in six months. I, um, you know, but I'm, I'm willing to wake up at 5 a.m. I'm willing to work all night. You know, that's just who I am. I'm willing to watch my kids riding horses with my laptop. Um, I'm, I, yeah. For me, it's not, it's, I enjoy you're, it. I love it. You're all in. It's just, that's what comes to me, as you said. Yeah, I am all in. And Lorna, it's when you're doing something you love, it's not work. It doesn't feel like work. I genuinely love waking up (laughs) and thinking about my day ahead and who I'm going to work with and who I'm going to connect with and who I'm going to talk to and what marketing I'm going to do and, you know, what difference I'm going to make. And and I'm still juggling construction and um, my coaching business, um, spending more and more time on my coaching business. But I, I, I'm, I haven't let go of the construction. I still like having my finger in that pie and I love being involved and I love discussing things with my husband and, you know, but we've sort of backfilled my role to an extent um, in the construction business. And yeah. And so I've been coaching women um, for about two and a half years now and in, in business and online and I help them with, Um, business strategy and mindset and what I discovered along the way was a lot of women have money blocks and and I had Mm -hmm. a few of my own Um, my blocks around money were to do with success I have to be honest Um, although I have experienced so much success in my life I had this fear of burnout and going back to where I was at that transition in time before I quit my corporate career. Um, And I didn't Mm. want to, in our construction business, um, it's a very different business model. You know, it's a very different business model. It's kind of, you know, we work, the, the business operates from seven till three you know, Monday to Friday, we leverage Google Ads. Our marketing is very steady. The business is very steady. You know, it's a very, um, most days are quite similar. You know, you're working with lots of different clients, but it's a very different business model. Um, in coaching, we're selling ourselves right? Mm-hmm. We are the business. It's us. It's, you know, yeah. we're showing up on camera. Yeah. We're doing, um, there's a whole lot of marketing, a whole lot of content that needs to be shared. I'm working with a global audience. I'm working with clients 
from around the world, different time zones. Um, and I had some fears around if the business got too big, how would I cope? Um, and they're all money blocks because once you realise that there are they are blocks, then, you know, there's support that's available. There's, you know, you can get a virtual team to support you and so on. So there are so many options available to people with money blocks. So I, I actually then studied um, and become a, became a certified money coach as well. And now I teach business and money and it works really, really well hand in hand. Yes. I mean, that makes so much sense to me. And I just want to um, say to you, I really appreciate you sharing your own personal blocks, Anne, because I have to say, I was surprised as you started to describe that, I was surprised. I wouldn't have thought someone with your uh, life experience, as you've described it, would have money blocks. Um, and, and But it makes a lot of sense the way you, you described, you know, having had an experience and you didn't want to go back there. And I think that's something a lot of us can relate to. Um, so I appreciate you, you sharing that. And again, when I think about, I believe that everything we experience in our life, like it's, it's the building, it's the necessary building block in order to get us to the next thing. So, you know, part of why I developed this podcast and what I love so much about sharing the stories of women who are on this path to really fall, find and follow our calling. It's like, it doesn't mean everything, every experience you have necessarily looks like it's setting you up for the next thing, which is, you know, which is your calling, which is finding your purpose, but it is. And if you just like continue to tune in and continue to follow through, um, you'll find that all of those experiences, particularly the hard ones, you know, equipped you with uh, things that you need in order to succeed in um, this next thing that you're doing. So it strikes me just you're like perfectly suited now in this role to work with women around money blocks based on both the success you've had as well as the challenges. Yeah, absolutely. Had. And, you know, Lorna, sort of I'm, I'm in that position now. It, I mentioned at the start of this conversation that, you know, I was very driven by money and I, and I'm, I have no shame around that. You know, I want to experience everything there is to experience in life, not just me, but with my family, and that requires money. But as I've matured and as life has gone on and as I've become clearer and clearer on my purpose and my calling and what really makes my heart sing, it is so much more about the money. It is about the impact and the legacy and it's about the difference I can make, you know, and the impact that I can have on other mm -hmm. women and the legacy I can leave behind. And, you know, I would genuinely, and I mean this, not even charge for my work because I don't need the money. But people do nothing with free information. If people don't have skin in the game, mm -hmm. if people don't invest in themselves and the higher the investment, the more someone shows up for their investment. Oh, that is so true, Anne. Oh, that is so true. And such a great, all the women entrepreneurs who are listening to this, myself included, we need to really internalize that, right? 
raising our prices is not just about us. It's also Absolutely. about service to our it, clients. It really is. And, and so as I've got more and more clarity, I, you know, and, and have brought in the money side of coaching into my business, I am niching further and I really help clients with high ticket offers with selling high, with creating and selling high ticket offers. And I know, Lorna, you sort of work with high ticket offers too. And because it takes a particular mindset, you don't have to be some fancy, flashy, Chanel wearing, um, glitzy, glamorous coach. <laughs> you can be an everyday person mm -hmm. and sell high ticket because you will attract a much better client who will show up much more in their power for their investment and actually do the work, right? 100%. Amen, sister. 100%. <laughs> yeah, so true. Well, and, and I think this is a perfect segue because one of the things that I love um, about how you describe your work is that you say on your website, I work with women who want a life without limitations, which I think is so beautiful. And I think such an important capacity to build in women that we need not accept limits, you know, on our, on our happiness, on our wealth, on our creativity, on our results. Um, I think it's such an important capacity to build. And so I'd love it if you could tell us a little bit more about how you do that. Like, what are the ways in which um, you know, female entrepreneurs who are listening right now, uh, what are the ways in which they can um, work with you? So I, Lorna, help my clients to own their worth. So it all starts with self-worth, right? Because we were all born worthy, but somewhere along the way, <laughs> we lost it. You know, we, um, someone said mm -hmm. something, or did something, or we had a particular experience that suddenly made us feel like we were no longer worthy because every baby is born worthy. So it always starts with self-worth. And then, you know, so my catchphrase is own your worth, ditch your money blocks. And, you know, once you've owned your worth, mm. you, you can ditch your money blocks and, ditch all the beliefs that we have around our worthiness to receive um, because it's all about the receiving. That's the biggest issue that women have when it comes to money blocks too, their ability to actually receive. And then I help them create high ticket offers and sell them with ease. Um, and high ticket really is about not putting a high price on a shitty offer. <laughs> it's about creating something of value <laughs> mm -hmm. that solves a high value problem and then attaching an appropriately, val you know, high value price and, and then standing behind the value that you offer, you know, and, and, and selling it. So um, that's essentially, yeah. and I have, different programs. I have programs that encompass all of that. Then I have programs that just focus on the money component only. And I have programs that just focus on the high ticket offer and the sales. 
Um, so it really depends on where my clients are at and what their needs are. And um, I work, I offer group coaching, private coaching, and I've also got a mastermind, which is a really fun container where I don't actually teach in my mastermind. My mastermind, the ladies have access to all my uh, teachings, but it's more about coming in there, meeting them where they're at and working on mindset and strategy based on exactly where they're at. So every day is very different. Um, we connect on Voxer, which is like a online um, walkie-talkie type app. And, um, yeah, and that's yeah. kind of – it's kind of like having a business partner in your back pocket because at any point, you know, mm -hmm. just reach out and say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. What do you think? I want to do this, but I'm not sure. What do you think? You know, so it's really super quick conversations that go back and forth. It could be multiple times a day, multiple times a week. And that's how I support my clients in my mastermind. So, and it's a really fun kind of sisterhood as well, because there are other women who are all going through it together. So, um, yeah, and I really kind of, yeah. Each, each program and offer is perfect for the right person, right, if that makes sense. And I always make sure that, yeah, um, yeah my, I'm not for everyone. The pace at which I work in is not for everyone. Um, and my offers may not suit everyone. But, you know, so hence I really make sure that, it's a it's a good fit because it's not just about the money it's about the impact and the change and and getting a return on investment as well yeah absolutely well you're looking for your you know you're speaking to your people there are going to be women out there who do line up and align with the way that you do things and the pace and all of those things and yeah yeah absolutely and i love doing the deep dive intensives love it <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and I love that you do that worthiness and deservability work first, right? Because it makes so much sense. It's like, how can you start working with somebody around how to develop a high ticket offer if their mindset and belief system isn't in a place that believes they're worthy of, you know, that making that kind of money or that they're, you know, what they know or, or what they have to offer is worth that, right? You have to really get at that programming and undo it before you can successfully Absolutely. build the offer, I would imagine. Worthiness is the foundation. It really is. Um, and without it, um, yeah, the building will have cracks. <laughs> the business will have cracks, I should say. So that's sort of bringing a bit of a construction analogy into business. But um, it, it really is so, so yes. important. That inner work, the mindset work, Everybody wants to skip that and go straight into strategy, but 80%, I would say, of business success comes down to that inner work and the mindset work. And 20% is probably down to well-executed strategy, but without, without that inner work and the mindset work, um, yeah, it, it it's 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 a struggle. Yeah. 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 You don't yeah. have the foundation as you as you said. It's a perfect perfect uh, analogy for that. Um, 
Well, and, and what's the best way if, uh, so the, to the women that are listening and if they're like, I need to meet in, I need to learn more about working with her. What's the best um, way for people, people to, reach can out to, or reach out to you? Send me an email to hello at Anne with an E, Ryan strategist com or they can uh, go to my website www.anryanstrategist.com or they can look me up on Facebook and um, yeah send me a friend request send me a private message um, yeah I'd love to hear from anyone who thinks that I'm the kind of coach that they might like to work with you know, I want to I want to work with clients who who really, you know, want to follow their big dreams, and um, and who 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 mm-hmm. desire this. Right? It, it's not about the need; it's the it's about the desire and wanting more in life than than what they have today. And thank you so much. Uh, I will make sure that the links to that you've just uh, the links to your website and your email are in the um, episode details for this podcast, so people can link through straight from here. Uh, but thank you so much for your time and for just sharing so generously and openly of your story. It, it was a great experience, that whole experience too, and I've really enjoyed this morning, and I appreciate the opportunity. I just love Anne Ryan, like what a force she is. And I love that she is using her superpowers of worthiness and belief in self to like lift up other women and help other women thrive financially and um, in other ways, just the same as she's experiencing in her life. It's just, to me, it's a perfect example of someone who is so clearly living their purpose and the power of someone who's living their purpose to serve others. Very, very cool. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, I would encourage you, I would invite you to please subscribe, help me spread the word and get this podcast into the ears of other women. That's it for now. I'll be back in a couple of days with a new episode of She Inspired.